once again into the soccer OG. Hey, that's me, Max Bretos. This is episode 139. As always, a reminder to rate, review, download, subscribe, and tell a friend about our little podcast here. Make sure you check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. We got you covered. This is a big week because MLS is back. MLS season pass. Apple TV. It's all the rage. Games happening this weekend with an exciting new partner. And we are going to have a bit of an MLS roundtable with some members of those Apple TV broadcasts coming up in the business end. I will be joined by a regular contributor here on the show, Keith Costigan. And we'll also have Mark Rogandino, who will be calling games this week, and along myself. 14 games all across the league. Hopefully we'll get you a little excited. Maybe you'll check out Apple TV and MLS Season Pass. If you uh, have T-Mobile, you get it uh, free for a year. So give it a shot if you haven't tried MLS. We've already seen some of the preseason games and the uh, video looking very smart. Quality. So uh, the season will get started and I think we'll have a very good look. Coming up in stoppage time, I will ask the question about where have all the American players in the Champions League knockouts gone. Remember, we had this phenomenon. We had double-digit players. Well, we're down to, I believe, two, maybe three. I'll explain that to you here in a moment. That's in stoppage time, and I will tell you why it's not really a bad thing. But we'll also pair that with a look at where Americans are going, as several of them are in relegation peril in the top European leagues. The Soccer OG, we are everywhere. We are pumped as we get into a whole new season. We're doing this on a Champions League Tuesday. We have a lot of ground to cover and a short time to get there. Eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking. And we are back. By the way, amazing games this weekend. But amazing games this weekend. I want to start with Manchester United and Marcus Rashford because I saw something. He scored two goals uh, in their victory, which has really pushed them into the conversation. They beat Leicester into the conversation about playing for the Premier League title. Obviously, Arsenal won and Manchester City dropped points. But I think Manchester United, albeit they are a little thin in some positions, have a shot here just because they're plugging away at an amazing clip. Now, I'll, I'll preface this by saying, I don't think there's any regrets there that they uh, uh, let go of Cristiano Ronaldo. That has been the moment that everything turned for Manchester United. Eric Ten Hag, we can't dismiss how big of a job role he has had uh, with that club. But Marcus Rashford, two goals. It's it's The stats are amazing. And the one that stood out, and I'm sure you heard it, seven straight goals at Old Trafford. You talk about endearing yourself to your fan base. You talk about endearing yourself. um, I mean, it's great to score away. And those are important goals. Those are harder goals. But being so consistent at home just raises your profile, raises the mythology around this incredible goal score. And he has been able to do it. So Marcus Rashford... uh, spectacular and he is in the argument for best player in the world right now I mean just on that level I mean Victor Ossiman who is ironically or coincidentally a Manchester United target and do they bring him in I say yes because this is what I'm seeing from Rashford he is playing the Ronaldo role he is playing it better he looks like Cristiano Ronaldo there coming from deeper positions facing goal going full bore 40 yard runs cutting infield it's it's like the the body language the pace all that it's like young Cristiano Ronaldo and that will make way for Victor Osimhen and now you have we talked about it last week this potential 5 billion dollar Qatari move for uh, Manchester United to get it from the Glazers. The sky is the limit for this club. It will become the biggest name. It is the biggest name still in world football. Uh, but I just continue to be impressed with what they are doing. And Marcus Rashford, in particular, 
who was a, just an unlikely development. We knew he was a good player. He hit the dip. He had the very tough time in the Euro final. Wasn't finding that form. There was talks that he was going to get moved. And now he is on top of the world. It's just a great story to see. Borussia Mönchengladbach 3, Bayern Munich 2. There is... Uh, uh, that's always a great fixture. And I think Derek Ray, who was calling the game, prefaced it at the beginning and he delivered uh, by saying that. We have now Dortmund, who are on fire. And I'm going to talk about Gio Reyna in stoppage time uh, as part of the Americans in the Champions League. He is one of three, we can say it. And... Dortmund now are tied. Union Berlin are, I think, a point behind. We have a Bundesliga race. I still think Bayern Munich is going to pull away from here before all said and done. But they have been, I mean, Bayern in that Champions League first leg, I, they've done enough to get to PSG. They will eliminate PSG, who I'll talk about here in a moment. And... Dortmund's resurgence is so exciting. Uh, Ayemi, uh, they did lose him, um, unfortunately. Um, checking uh, the injury here. But Kareem Adeyemi is now going to be out for three weeks. A tear in his muscle fiber. He has been one of the great additions. He had that incredible goal in the Champions League. But this is good. A healthy Bundesliga is great for all parties. And it's been one of the big criticisms in world football. Again, Dortmund are playing out of their minds right now. They're going to come off the boil. There's no doubt about it. But they have just been in sizzling form. Marco uh, Royce, uh, Julian Brandt. I mean, they, uh, they're they advancing in the German Cup. They're advancing in the Champions League. Uh, this weekend beat Erta 4-1 uh, with Adeyemi. But this is a, a team that unexpectedly is playing at these very large heights. PSG 4, Lille 3. PSG were trailing this game, came back, got a goal from all the heavy hitters, one from Mbappe, one from Neymar, and a stoppage time set-piece goal from Lionel Messi. Incredible game, but still only masks the issues with PSG, who have just... Not They have been the, the big casualty of the post-World Cup and because they had their two big stars playing in the final. And obviously that, that has to wear off at some point. They can get in their groove. And I'm not saying that's the reason why PSG is, is struggling. There's more to it than that. Uh, they've had their own injury issues. They've had to play a lot of kids. But I think that World Cup kind of set them off. There's nothing you could do about it. You know, you've got to strive for these dreams. This was... And I think PSG was abundantly clear that this was going to be the case. World Cup was going to end. It just so happened with Argentina and France. And then you could throw Neymar in there with a the disappointment, even though they were knocked out in the quarterfinals and he had time to get back into the, into the rhythms with his club. But they have really struggled in Ligue 1. And that was, I mean, that was earmarked to being possibly another defeat. And PSG... Did battle back. I mean, look at February. Lost to Marseille in the French Cup. Lost to Monaco last weekend. They uh, dropped points to Ran. They lost uh, to... Who am I forgetting? Well, I think that's that's plenty right there. Oh, they lost to Bayern as well. But the Lille game, I mean, this was like that moment where they had to deliver. They were up uh, to zip. Lil comes storming back, take a uh, 3-2 lead, Mbappe in the 87th minute, Messi in the 95th. I'd love to see PSG fix things, but this is a part of the story as well about what happens with Messi. Does Messi want to come back to uh, PSG when you, you're you out of the Champions League at the earliest stage, which could be the round of 16? They're now five points clear. The league on is getting better. Marseille, the Zidane reports, and then Monaco... Uh, much better. Lance has come off the boil, but it's a much better league. But we'll see what that means for PSG. But I was really, really impressed with everything that we had this weekend. I also want to mention Kaylor Navas. Wow. Nottingham Forest watched the game and they get the result against Manchester City. 
Keylor Navas standing on his head still looks like he's 25. He's got these springs for his legs and he's able to pop around there and make a huge difference. So they get the, a really important result, 1-1. And I'm looking at the stats here. 23 shots, six on target. Keylor Navas, another great addition. Nottingham Forest. And the fans were chanting about how Man City hasn't won a uh, Champions League, a European Cup. Because Nottingham Forest, of course, won those back-to-back with Brian Clough. And uh, it's really... it's. It's a, it's, it just goes to show the width and breadth of the Premier League and how good it has gotten. But there it is. We are here on the Soccer OG. We are going to preview the upcoming MLS season. It starts this Saturday on Apple TV. Get Apple TV as quickly as you can. It's going to be fantastic. We'll be joined by Keith Costigan, Mark Rogandino, two of the broadcasters on that game. And we will talk about what to expect, what the surprises are going to be, who's going to win it the young player development. There's so much meat on the MLS bone. It is a league, especially if you live in North America, that you have to pay attention to. You will not regret it. Pick up favorite club and jump on board. That's coming up in the business end. In stoppage time, we'll discuss the plight of the Americans in the Champions League. It's not a bad thing, but we have to be a little leery about some situations in other parts. Check out the Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. We always have new videos there and appreciate all the people tuning in. And write a note, send a comment. Love to uh, correspond with you on uh, YouTube or on my social media handles. The Soccer OG, we are rolling on. Business End is next. We are back here in the business end of the Soccer OG, and the MLS season will kick off this Saturday. 14 games on this exciting new platform of Apple TV. As you all know, I've been uh, doing this a long time, and along the way, I've met some incredible people that I can call them friends. They are now both here, both of them. That's all it is. I have two friends in this world, Mark Rogandino. Keith Costigan, who will also be part of MLS Season Pass on Apple TV. Thanks for joining us, gents. I, I just like how you said that we're going to be on the business end of things. And then you came right to Keith and I. I mean, never have I had such a fine introduction. You deserve how, it, Mark. How is zero games into the season the business end? I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> that's the name. That's the segment of the podcast. Ah, okay. okay? okay. I'm to, okay. trying to do some branding here. That's yeah, what I I'm told it. gets you from point A to point B. So this is the business end. Okay. Hashtag business end. Here we go. <laughs> we're ready to. I don't. I, I was. I was trying to have a nice smart preview for Major League Soccer. And it's really difficult in the sense we there's so much unknown. We're going into this new broadcast deal. The 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 squads are going to change at 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 some point here over the next few weeks for many of these clubs, and certainly in the summer. Everyone hoping that maybe Lionel Messi decides to come here and then what that could change. But there's a lot here that kind of prevents you from giving a really bona fide prediction to what the league is going to look like but we have a good idea and I think we we start by going back to how it ended LAFC in Philadelphia Union this uh, uh Mark I would have to think that these are still the top two clubs and there's a nice target on their back and a lot of people would love to see another final between these two much like we saw with Seattle and Toronto in the day but this is a uh, this is where we begin, and those are the uh, those are the front runners of the conference. But man, there is twenty nine teams. We have St. Louis in there as well. They are all looking to make some headway. And what we have learned from this league is expect the unexpected. And I I think I agree with you that yes, there is an X on their back, Max. But I, I think Keith can even really speak to it. If I'm those two clubs, though, you're going to experience something that you don't get to experience every season in the sense of a really cluttered schedule of fixtures because obviously you're involved in ccl um you know everyone's going to want to piece you and try and give you your best shot and i think that both those teams will experience something like what seattle experienced a year ago where you know you're focused in on on multiple tasks in terms of where you want to try and win trophies and that can be a really tough tough thing to juggle i think for teams so you know it's going to be on on coaches like Steve Gerundolo to to be able to say, hey, how deep is our squad? And 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 on top of that, then like unfortunately, as Keith will probably allude to, Seattle had to deal with some injuries. You know, in the process of trying to do all that, and that's going to be a difficult task. Do I say that those teams are still top of the pile in each of their respective conferences? 
maybe so as of right now, heading into week one, but I don't think it's by much. And you, you mentioned the workload, and this is something unique because not everyone's playing in the CCL, but we saw, Keith, what uh, the burden that it puts on a club with Seattle because you've got to go for it. And the teams that are in CCL, I guarantee you all of them have to go for it. And some people might be listening and saying, wait a minute, don't they always go for it? I go, eh. it's hard because of some of the limitations on rosters that we've had in years past in Major League Soccer. But now you have the League's Cup. You'll have the Open Cup. You have a lot on the plate for these teams. And as Mark touched on, depth is going to be key. And how many clubs have that kind of depth? My guess is not a lot, but you, you've got to be creative. Don't Let's not forget about the players coming through MLS Next Pro at academies. This is going to be a big part. It's all very exciting, but you've got to be the sum of your parts to have success, I would imagine. Yeah, I, I look at, I mean, going back to the two teams you guys mentioned, the finalists last year, I look at Philly as like a, a, an easier way of managing the, the the roster. I feel like there's less turnover because of the way they do their business. LAFC, it had a feel of like making those mid-season additions last year of this is our opportunity, let's go for it. And in MLS, it, it's a little bit different to other leagues, right? Because any other league, you'd be like, okay, we won it. Let's keep that core together and add one or two more. But because it's MLS, you lose Chicharango, you, you know, Tello moves on, who, who obviously wasn't that big a part of things. Gareth Bale moves on. So the roster management for someone like LAFC, there's a reason why it's hard to go back to back in this league. Um, I think in John Thorrington, you have somebody who maneuvers <clears throat> those situations well. <clears throat> Excuse me, early no more. Wait, was that the Earl? <laughs> that was the Earl Gray T. <laughs> no, that's the bit. I think that was the business end. That's the business end of me. Yeah, it's coming uh, out. But but I I just think if I was to if I was to 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 stake my reputation on saying which team do you think is better equipped right now, I would probably say Philly over LAFC because even some of the the other additions that that LAFC made last year, I don't think were as impactful as as probably we thought they would be. So I would go with Philly. A couple of teams that I think have have done good business. Orlando, I think, have added players in, in, in the right areas. And, and I think, look, SKC were abysmal for three quarters of the season. But the last quarter of the season, they were they were playing really, really well. Willie Ogata came in towards the end of the season. Watch out for someone like SKC because they don't stay down for too long. Peter Vermees is a good coach. I think they could be a sleeper in the West as well. The thing about I Philadelphia think- – I'm oh, sorry about that, Mark. Go ahead. I think, and I wanted to add one more team into that. I agree with uh, Keith on, on Sporting Kansas City, but I think the other team, and I don't know if it's that much of a surprise, but it goes back to what Keith was just saying about keeping the core of what you have together and then adding a couple of pieces is Austin FC. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Austin added a couple more pieces to what they already had. Um, and I think that, you know, I mean, a guy that we know being here in Southern California, Jossie Zardis in, in in the mix, um, but you know, a full another full year with guys like Aruti, Lundes, um, Drew, Drew, see whatever you know. I mean, I think they have a good a good core of guys, and now they're trying to add one or two pieces that are icing on the cake to let them. Re- and hey, they've got a great home field advantage too, right? So yeah. it's tough to go to their place and get anything out of it. And I think they're a team to, to to watch out for. We saw what they did last season, and they didn't quite finish, obviously, the way they wanted to, but. I could see them taking it a step further in their in their next season. Excellent points. And I, I, Austin's very – I'm very curious about Austin because you want to see if they can do what they did last season. They were one of the last two teams standing in the Western Conference. Uh, they got the big money contract now uh, to Driussi. And you'd have to imagine – it's, it's interesting what you say about uh, Zardes because – what we have seen through the years, everyone wants to go, go out and sign this guy, go out and get uh, Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. And I go, well, you know, sometimes you get that impact from the guys who know how to navigate this league. And Jossie Zardes is the archetype player of that nature. Uh, in Atlanta, uh, Joseph Martinez is a guy that you know is going to score goals. And that was, makes that team very interesting as well. I did want to say this about Philly on the way out. You know, they made so many changes in the previous two years, selling their best uh, academy players, Mark McKenzie, who, by the way, is gangbusters. First place with Gank in uh, the Belgian League. 
He'll be a Champions League player, it would appear, next season. Uh, one of the better defenders in that league. Brendan Aronson, obviously. And uh, Philadelphia made those sales, and now they've been able to keep this group intact. They sold Paxton Aronson, obviously, notwithstanding uh, Brendan's little brother. But they've been able to keep the group from last season. They probably won't be able to keep that together for a year because they have so many good young players coming through the pike, and there have been some of the guys... Uh, the older players that have been targets as well on that team. But that's what makes them, to me, the favorites in 2023. But as as we try to establish a pecking order, it's difficult because these teams are going to change. You mentioned Austin, Sporting Kansas City. Uh, that's I'll be doing sporting at Portland in the opener. So I've been doing a lot of Willie Agata prep. No no, no self-promotion here, please. Well, look, well, we be, no. aren't I you mean, excited? I didn't know that's what we're here for. Let's do it. We, I was going to go that direction. I mean, I'm in Nashville this weekend. Uh, Mark, where are you? I mean, I, I don't know what to say here. <laughs> I get to go up to the Emerald City of Seattle. I can't complain. Beautiful. It's not too bad. Listen to this. Look, <laughs> look, at, look at us. I'm, in, I'm envious of all three of us. <laughs> Nashville, Seattle, Portland. We're all going to have nice meals. Heath's going to be belly up at the honky tonks, singing uh, some Willie Nelson covers, whatever. It's going to be good living. But look, this is uh, we're 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 all excited because we love this league. I know I can speak for you guys and the different stories and the cities and the stadiums and the fan bases. It's all part of this. I truly believe and I'll, I'll, I'll close with this a little bit later, that the ceiling is so high for Major League Soccer. When you look at including the European leagues. There's very few, very few European leagues that you can say, look at our ceiling. It is endless. So uh, uh, we're all very excited about that. But I want to go back to the the teams that could compete for top billing or the teams that are interesting and will be fun to watch, certainly. Uh, I first Personally, I want to look at the East because I think the East will be better than the West. I, be, I, I would say the West has been the better conference over the last few years. More often than not, but the East, I think from first to get sixth or seventh, you have really good teams because you have clubs like Atlanta and Toronto. You mentioned Orlando, who were probably the most active team in the the, the market, the January marketplace. Uh, Inter-Miami, they get Joseph Martinez. They are ambitious club. Who knows what's going to happen in the summertime? New York City's still there. Red Bulls went out and got some really nice players as well. But I look at... Uh, Atlanta, and uh, they bring in Giorgio Giacomacus, a big money move from Celtic. Uh, they get some players from MLS, Derek Etienne. They've been struggling with some of the big signings they have, but they still have the Tiago Almadas out there that make them intriguing. And, of course, we have Toronto with the Italian contingent and Sean Johnson. Uh, these teams are trying to be uh, really impactful, and like many of them, they've added – some MLS campaigners. I think Toronto just got Brandon Cervania uh, from FC Dallas, but they know that's how you build it. Uh, but I, to me, you've mentioned this a couple. I, I just add Atlanta and Toronto as teams that could be very high or could struggle again here. I know with, with Bob Bradley in Toronto, I'd find it hard to believe. I think this is the year it kind of comes together. But that East is going to be tough, guys. Yeah, I, I would it, say... I would say, sorry, Mark, uh, and, and you can jump in on this, but one of the things I, I think uh, has been great to see over the last couple of years in Major League Soccer is it has become more cutthroat. Um, you know, I, I understand, you know, when, when you're building something, you have to get it to a point. But I think it's also OK to be critical of, of teams who who don't do well, who spend and, and, and aren't successful. We see managerial changes. We see a little bit more pressure put on the front offices to to compete with other teams. That's that's a massive thing. I think Atlanta United, like Gonzo Pineda is a, you know, a really good friend of mine. Um, in terms of, you know, we went through the same kind of coaching journey uh, license-wise in Europe. Um, but he knows the pressure's on him now, right? Because he was saying last year, it wasn't, well, he wasn't saying it, but he was showing it with his actions that Joseph Martinez wasn't his player. Now he gets Giacomacus coming in, he gets Etienne, as you mentioned. That's his team now. But you can guarantee eight, nine, ten games in, if Atlanta aren't doing well, He's going to be feeling the pressure. So I, I love that about the league. I think we, we're at a point where we should be doing that. We should be critiquing. Re remember, that's what critici criticizing is. It's critiquing the job being done. And, and you know. Thanks for breaking that down. Yeah, not necessarily <laughs> cheerleading it. But one other, one other point I want to make on on the East is Columbus. So I know I know last year they brought in uh, Hernandez a forward. They didn't, they didn't finish the season. Caleb was fired. 
who's got a great track record in this league. I've heard such good reports already about the work Wilfred Nancy is doing at Columbus. People there talking about, I mean, Montreal were the best team I saw live last year. Wow. I include LAFC in that. I include everybody. The best team that I watched live. I thought they were excellent. I know they 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 lost to NYCFC, but watch out for that Columbus team as well. But yeah, I'm excited. I, and I'm, you know, I, as always to cover this league, but also the storylines of Bob Bradley. Everything you've done doesn't matter. You're under pressure this year. You've got some big name players. You have to deliver. I love seeing that. I love seeing, and I know Bob's a great coach and he generally delivers under pressure. So putting those people under those pressure, you know, holding them accountable for the jobs that they're doing. Um, yeah, exciting times for the league and excited to to start the season. I think it's great, Keith, that you mentioned Montreal because I was that was the team I wanted to bring up too is a team. And there's always a team every year in MLS that – and I think last year Montreal was this team that you didn't necessarily see see them at the beginning of the season rising to the stakes that they eventually finished at. Right? I think in the beginning of the year, no one would have. I would not have said, "Hey, Montreal is going to be one of the top teams in the East." And um, as they continue to play a really good style of football, right? They they would they would get after you and they would attack you and and make and make you try and move the ball out of the back, put high pressure on you, and then all of a sudden they would be down your throat. And they have a good mix of young kids, and they have a good mix of veteran guys. So I think that Montreal – and, again, that's another place for me that they are the only ticket in town when you go to when you go up to Montreal. And so, consequently, they have everybody in that entire city behind them when they when you go to face them. And so that that – over the long spell of eight months in Major League Soccer, that means something. That means extra points. That means grinding out and what should have been a loss, you get a last second equalizer and you end up with a point when you didn't play your best on the night. And I could see I could see Montreal being another one of those teams that can take another step forward this season and and compete with the top three or four in their conference. It's the crazy thing, and I, I would love to get your thoughts about this, is how we've become such a, an effective selling league because Montreal had that great season. Nancy moves on. Uh, Georgi Mihalovic goes to Alec Mar, who I think are second or third in the Dutch league. He's playing regularly, not starting as much. Ismail Kone, they're, they're great young players, starting for Watford. I watched him uh, on Monday um, uh, against West, West Brom. Brom. Yeah. And, but that, then they have to reload. Chicago, you know, this is a team that wants to get off the foot of the East, but they sell their two best young players, and Gaga Slonina and Jean Duran. But this is an exciting development too. Uh, it's it's part of what part of something we never saw in MLS. You know, European clubs would almost come in and do you a favor. Yeah, we'll take them off your books. We'll give you fifty bucks. That's not happening anymore. You got to come in with your checkbook. Maybe maybe not your Venmo account. Maybe not your checkbook. I was looking for my checkbook the other day. Could not find it anywhere. I can't. I don't use checks anymore. Don't <laughs> ask for any more checks. But all these, uh, it, it's. It's very exciting because of that and this MLS Next Pro. And we, you know, we're seeing these under 17s, Keith. I know you've been calling some of those games and Cruz Medina. Uh, some guys are not there that are a little bit older. Sakitis, uh, these young players that are going to be targets for big European clubs, South American clubs, Mexican clubs that are going to come in and have to make a big offer. But it's it's all happening here. Philadelphia, we mentioned, got hit. FC Dallas. I mean, you run out of fingers counting all the players they have had in the last couple of years over in Europe. Uh, this phenomenon, Keith, I'll start with you, about and, and how important is it for the development of this league, for the development of this sport in this country, that you have not only young American players, young Canadian players moving on um, and getting into the the, the, sight, the sight lines of these clubs, but also finding young players in South America like Duran that can come through MLS as their first step towards going to Europe and helping this league's uh, perception, whatever you want to call it in the big picture of things. Yeah. I, I think from a business standpoint, uh, not everyone likes to talk business when you're talking about football, they get mad about it. No, 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 no. We're fans. But from a business standpoint, it, it makes it sustainable. Like I, I remember someone saying, we don't want to be a selling league. I'm like, what is that even? Every league is a selling league. And 14 of the Premier League teams are selling teams. Like there's only four or five teams in the world that aren't selling teams. Everybody else is looking to, you know, bring through a player, find a value of that player and see if that value is met. So the idea that, you know, we're going out and 
I mean, you you talk to MLS clubs now; they have scouting networks. You know, to go to go and get a John Duran, and then all of a sudden, within a year and a half, flip him to you know Aston Villa in the Premier League is massive. These are like huge opportunities for young players in the academy. Julian Araujo, I just messaged with him the other day. Julian going to Barcelona. He grew up in Lompoc, you know. He he played in Santa Barbara, like those. Barcelona is a long way from Lompoc. You got yes, that right. It it is. It is, and it, it it's a natural progression. But what what does that do? First of all, for the young South American player, yeah, I see MLS as a, sp- a spot to go because they sell their players. So I'm good with that. So now, young players want to come here, and if you're in the academy at LAFC, at LA Galaxy, at Seattle Sounders, and you see someone going. You remember before it used to be MLS or Europe. There was these guys telling these players, no, no, no. If you sign for MLS, you'll never get out of your deal. I've talked, I talked to MLS, you know, sporting directors, and they're like, look, we're gonna sign him. We'll change his deal within a year if he's doing well. And if you if if a European club is interested, we're gonna sell him. We're gonna find the right deal. It is massive. And I've always said everyone, everyone goes to me about 2026. Oh, we're going to be great. Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, da, da, da. And I'm like, I can guarantee you that's not going to be the starting lineup. Yeah. It's never the, the ones that take the first step. It's the level after that where you're like, you already see the Paxton Aronsons coming through, you know, the next generation of players to push. That's when you truly have competition. And that's what we're seeing. So, you know, I'm around the youth game. I love seeing it. Um, MLS Next has done a really good job. And the idea that we're saying, look, we're looking for young, fresh talent. And remember, we needed a big name player to sell. Go to Austin. Do you see players, you know, maybe, you know, we wouldn't have known before he came to MLS as as much as, uh, you know, you know, ex-players that played in Europe. But these, you know, Honey uh, Mukhtar in, um, in Nashville as well. These are players that are, you know, about performing on the field. Uh, it, it's incredible to watch. And, and for me, I'm excited about that next generation. Who's going to be the young players coming through this year in MLS? That's a storyline now and uh, and one definitely that we need to continue to watch. And Keith and, and, and Max, it still is that balancing act for these general managers too right now. Of course, you know, and some do it better than others. For, for, for And you notice how the success of some clubs because of the way that they balance, say, holding on to a player for another, not taking that very first deal, right? The, oh, I hear there's rumors that this player is linked to a club in the CDI. Well, sometimes, yes, it's the right move to make at that, that time. But then sometimes, for example, I think uh, close here to Southern California, I think a player like Jose Cifuentes, right? He's been He's been attached to a number of different clubs, but the move hasn't been exactly right. Will he eventually make that move? Without question, right? There's a reason that Giorgio Chiellini said this guy has Champions League football written all over him. Um, but he's young enough that I think both his representatives and the club are waiting for that right time to pull the trigger yeah. on the right deal and the balancing act of not saying that, oh, the first deal that comes along with a European club, yep, let's do it. Let's get him out of here. Let's let's send him on his way. You're waiting for the right deal at the right time that actually in the end, and it's hard, even as a fan of a club, it's hard to accept it because you 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 come to love these players and love them in your system and love them in your jersey, but to understand that this is this is the right way to do business. By the way, Mark, you know I, I get called out from Keith saying that I'm going to Portland, and then shortly thereafter he mentions, "Yeah, me and Pineda are, are tight." I just texted <laughs> Julian Araujo. Give me a break. This guy I was dropping say, we, we've names. Already, we, we've already had two name drops from Drop Coffee. Funny, here. funny story it, about Julian. So I watched him. I was <laughs> I, I was scouting for U.S. soccer a few years ago. This is God's honest true story. So Julian, I I, I was scouting and, and my U.S. scout sent me to watch this game and he says, "What player do you think was the best?" I said, "I really like Araujo. I said he can defend an open space really well. He's brave. He wants the ball. I said certain things he could improve on, but." He's the one that I believe has pro potential. And my boss at the time was like, yeah, he's okay. So it's always in my head. I'm like, yeah, okay. I've had a couple of those. I've had a couple that have backfired on me too, to be oh, fair. Oh, for sure. But I'm there's those ones. Those. <laughs> you know what? I'll take credit for this. I remember when Stu Holden was coming through. I go, this guy's pretty special, man. He's got this. And, he, and then everyone's like, you're crazy. He's like the fifth best player on that team. And then all of a sudden, Stu went crazy went to Bolton. I was like thanks Stu and then unfortunately got the injuries but uh that's when I remember but it's by the way Araujo what a great piece of business 
to initially play for Barcelona B, but clearly Barcelona have high hopes for him because their money is not what it used to be. And I think, what was it, $4 million? Yeah. This just goes to show, I mean, $4 million was the, the ceiling for the top player in MLS 10 years ago, 12 years ago. Uh, and that's all been blown out of the water. And it continues, the, the, there's no more, there's less and less good thrifty deals you're going to get if you're coming from the and exterior I, to come to MLS. And Max, I think it's it's good for the Galaxy, obviously, too, that they got some finality to that whole thing because for the last couple of yeah. weeks, it was kind of living in limbo, like whether or not FIFA was going to find a way to push this through so that he could make the transfer to Barcelona. And then I, I, I went out there a couple of times to training and he was not, he couldn't train with the team. He was kind of left over on the side. Obviously you, if it, the deal is going to happen, you don't want him to pick up any kind of knock during training, but so that the, they finally got it separated yeah. black and white and it's done. I think it's great for both sides. Yeah. It was that whole, uh, they were 18 seconds late, which I find hard to believe. <laughs> That's 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 poppycock, right? That's like, oh, sorry guys, you're 18. So I, when I'm telling this story, I just don't believe it. I'm glad I just it all came. Just someone out. in the office being like, I'll send it. I'll send in a second. Let me finish this. Uh, we finish this sandwich. Incredible sandwich. Oh, <laughs> oh no. my god, the, the the fax machine is broken. The fax <laughs> machine is broken. <laughs> the fax machine. Uh, it's like a demon in there. <laughs> But it's a, it's good for him because it would have been tough for him to come there. And look, uh, we, we mentioned a, 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 that I love what you said about the 2026 U.S. lineup. You better believe the Polisics and the Weston McKinney's have to keep an eye on what's happening because we're we're in a unique moment of time where uh, all of a sudden players are seeing a pathway. Uh, the scouting's better. The recruiting's better. Um, the the money is a lot better for these players. So they stay on that trajectory as opposed to maybe go to another sport or maybe lose interest or what have you. And these kids are going to be legit. And I I'll tell you about the academies. We know Dallas and Philadelphia and the Red Bulls uh, are the elite ones. And what about I me? Mean, LA has been untouched yet, but this is about to, I'm pretty sure explode. We've seen the galaxy and now Araujo is a part of that, but you know, LAFC, we know that these, we all live in, Southern California. We know this is fertile ground. We drive around and see pickup games at every level, guys and girls, and it is through the roof. It's hard not to get excited, uh, Mark, when you think about um, what this city in particular, I mean, without without question, other areas. I mean, who, who Texas, we know about Dallas, but Austin's got that corridor with San Antonio and then Houston and South Texas. All of this, I, I, I feel like we are in a few years about to explode and that, that discussion of finding the next Messi or Ronaldo somewhere in a parking lot. It's very real because we know there's talent out there and now we haven't connected all the dots, but we're a lot closer to where we were than five years, 10 years ago, heavens to Betsy 20 years ago. Well, no, I think the, the old saying, right. A rising tide raises all boats is, is uh, appropriate here in the sense that as each of these clubs get stronger in their own particular regions of the United States or Canada for that matter. Uh, then all of a sudden it, it, I take Texas as a perfect example, right? The fact that all of a sudden Austin has come in and made a big splash that leaves teams like Houston and FC Dallas saying, well, wait, we've been around a lot longer. We better, we kind of better step our game up to keep up with a team like Austin and what they've been able to do in just a short amount of time in this league. So um, I think that, and I think then if you go a level deeper and you're talking about specific players, it's going to be great to see with so many clubs now having uh, MLS next pro, it's going to be great to see what each of these teams can do and how they can cultivate talent, uh, not just homegrown players, but how they can find a ways to expand their web a little further out. And all of a sudden you bring young players through academies and MLS next pro. And you're like, Hey, these guys are ready for to play with the, the big boys. These guys are ready for the big team. So I, I think in, in the matter of the next couple of years, to your point, Max, this growth of Major League Soccer is going to continue exponentially, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Keith, we know there's flaws with this league. And we know people love to take shots at MLS. And one day they're going to be, I think they're going to have their hands out and go, maybe I should have jumped on here for whatever reason. But we look at from every level uh, how exciting this is. And I, again, you 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 run out of things to say when you really look in between the gaps and everything that's going on. And the, I mean, the young talent right at there, but just, the, you know, I, I look at a guy like the, the scouting is getting so good as Mark touched on it, that 
LAFC, for instance, can go out and get a Chicho Arango, who was 26 at the time, I think, and then still transfer him to a big name club like Pachuca. Uh, it's coming from all angles, which makes it very exciting. Which I'm, I'm very, I'm thrilled that we're all involved with this league uh, in the past and certainly into the future. Did I mention I'm going to Seattle? Did I mention I'm going to Seattle? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> for, for, first of all, I, I do want to say that you, you do feel a sense of um, ownership when you've been around. I, I mean, not to, not to. You know, just sell. These uh, are our babies. These yeah, are our like, kids. I, I mean, Max, Mark. You know, I I can remember back to the FSC days when when we we were covering the league and the steps that it's taken. Look, I, I don't mind. I I hate the idea. I think sometimes we try sell things too much. Hey, I want you. We to do. Let, let let people let if people want to hate, let them hate. Like it, it's moving in the right direction. You can't compare you know, year 25 of a league to a league in year 110. You need to compare it to that league of year 25. If you go back to English football, they were making changes 25 years in. Hey, what about our format? What about this? So you're you're finding the way. But to, to come in and now you mentioned the, the Chicho Orangos, to, to be able to say you hear players that are out there available from South America and you hear LAFC have beaten Club America to the signature of X or whatever – we're players in that market. Sometimes you're going to lose players. Um, Liga MX are going to come back, by the way, because they they felt the sting of not winning. CCL last year. I cover Liga MX. Those teams, Tigres, Monterrey, they want to win League's Cup. They they feel that. that They want to... No, we're, we're not letting MLS steal our thunder. And this is a good thing. I want that. I want that debate. Like, every other sport I see, I watch and cover, there's debate. There's, you know, healthy conversation. We, we've gone beyond the point we need to sell this league. So if anybody from me is coming at this league and they, and they don't want to be a part of it, so basically there's, they're, they're haters. Like, don't be then go ahead, yeah. do whatever you got to do. But, but, you're missing out. But, but I, but I, but I do say to that because we have, when I say we, us, the three of us and so many of our, our colleagues have been a part of this league for so long and covered it and seen the growth that it has made. So I, it still does hit me in a vulnerable spot when I have somebody uh, that I know and I recognize their soccer opinion because, you know, we've watched Champions League finals together. We've battled over which team is best in the premiership and they still want to say, ah, MLS is shit. Then I, I, I have to, I, 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 but I still say to him, I'm like, well, have you, have you watched the game? Did you watch the final that we just had? But you know, you already know the answer to that. You already know the answer. Like, I mean, I, I see, I see like the, the, you know, the talking heads in, in, in sports, the guys who are like the Jason McIntyre's in this world. And he'll write something. And I'm like, Jason, with all due respect, you're a good guy, but I could care less what you write about MLS or think about it. Cause you know nothing <laughs> about it. And the, the majority of the, look, I've gone to England. I've gone to England and I've got cabs and they go, what do you do? I work at, I cover MLS. You know what I think MLS should do? <laughs> well, hang on. You know what I think you should do? Give me to the MLS go first. Like, get me to my hotel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just like sometimes like we get so fascinated with, oh my god, like JJ Watt just tweeted MLS is cool. I'm like, I don't really care. I already knew it was JJ. Good that you're watching, but it doesn't validate the league anymore for me and anybody. Look, there, there's haters out there. There's always going to be. Of course, of course. Always going to be. And ultimately, it's like, I, I mean, I don't get the point. Like, it's we can have rational debate. Here's things we can do better. And there's always things we can do better. But the haters, man, I, I could care less. Right. Care well less. said, Keith. And I'll say this about the uh, that community, because I, I saw it a lot during the World Cup, and people were up in arms because, uh, God forbid, there were some MLS players playing for the U.S. men's national team. And folks like, I don't watch MLS. They shouldn't be on there. And I'm like, first of all, if you want to be a sophisticated fan of the national team, of the U.S. national team, and I know you do if you want to tweet about it or, or carry on about it, you've got to watch MLS. Uh, if there were some players that were from MLS on there, there were a lot of players that started MLS that were on there. Um, uh, Brendan Aronson's is a perfect example. Uh, Matt Turner, these they played here. So you're doing yourself a favor as a men's national team to know about the league and uh, just embrace it. You don't have to watch it all the time, but it'll help your, it'll help your homework assignments. We'll put it that way. 
Uh, real quick, gents, give me your MLS Cup. I know this is impossible. Oh, MLS God. Cup prediction. Real quick, oh, off the man. cup. Go ahead, Keith. I, I have Philly beating LAFC in the final. I think we have a repeat. Philly, Philly gets their 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 trophy. You two need to take your LAFC tops off. No, first of there's all. no look. Okay, the, okay, okay, there's okay, no okay, one. There's nobody in the West off. that you can put ahead of LAFC right now. I'm, uh, then let then let me go. Then let me go ahead of you. Let me go ahead of you. Then okay, Keith. Let me go ahead yeah. of you because I, I have a completely different one. I see Seattle and New England in the final. Wow! Wow! <laughs> I think that's off I the, think that off I the think grid. That, that is, that is. But that's what MLS that how, is. How down the Revs were last year was unprecedented. And if anybody wants to, I mean, pull the, the bootstraps tight and get his guys going in the right direction, I think Bruce Arena has shown he can do that. And then the other thing I would say is, like I said at the very, very beginning, I think, and I'm going to hear Flackris, I think Seattle, with everything that they had going on and the injuries that they had to deal with, but how good their talent is, how good I mean, who whoever saw Stefan Fry having a year like he had last year? You could have never, you could have never even pictured that. And I just think that, I mean, the talent they have up top, Lodero is still one of the best number tens in the entire league. Um, I, 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 I just, I cannot. I and Seattle's such a great place, such a soccer t uh, town. They love their football there. Um, did I mention I'm going to Seattle this weekend? But um, yeah, <laughs> you, you've, you've uh, already got I, a free meal and a round of beers in. All right, Rose. You honestly, did your work. honestly, honestly, I just think the Sounders—they have been one of the best teams of the last decade, and the way they fell off last year was so uncharacteristic. I I can't not see them challenging in the West and challenging for an MLS Cup crown. You don't underestimate yeah. that club. My my worry is the Raul Ruiz Diaz keeping him fit. I think he has to be fit. Um, I know a bear comes in, you have a little bit more depth but he's already got a little bit of a hamstring issue going into the season. Um, I like it. I'm glad that you took off your LAFC top for a second, unlike Max. Um, I, I bet Philly winning it. I'm, I'm, I'm giving him a solid. <laughs> I do like Portland might, a lot, though. You, I like you, Portland a lot this season because of Evander. And Ma Ma Max might take more. He might take more ribbing for, for picking Philly to beat LAFC than me saying Seattle. 100%. 100%. <laughs> I already I'm did on say, Twitter when I said that. I'm going to say SKC against Philly in the final. Um, and I, I think, I think Philly get it done this time. Um, but yeah, I think SKC are going to be much improved. But look, the point of this is, uh, Rogues, you like you said, New England, Seattle, you can't knock it. Like you, you've not. There is going to be teams sometimes that like completely surprise you. Portland, you just mentioned as well. LA Galaxy were like level ninetieth minute with you guys in the in the conference semi last year, where you're like, I mean the ball bounces a different way they're moving on. So you just don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go SKC having a complete turnaround. Peter Vermees hopefully listens to this and, uh, and, and likes me for that. Um, and uh, yeah. It's a big I, year I for him. Really, you are? It's a big year for Peter Vermees. I mean, after yeah, last is, season, it it's a big one for him. Uh, by the way, I like the Galaxy. I think the Galaxy are going to be all right, despite all the, 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 the talks we're hearing with the Chris Klein situation. I think they are going to, be up there amongst the top teams in the West. It's going to be interesting. And we'll get to hear all you guys. I know I can speak on your behalf about how excited we are for MLS season pass on Apple TV. Check it out. Um, if you have Apple TV, if you don't get it started, if you're a T-Mobile customer, you can get it for free for one year. So what the hell are you just, doing if you don't have it? Get it. Dude, right. it's, it's so good. You know, we've been covering this league where it gets kind of pushed aside for some of the big networks, and I get it. But Apple TV and Apple are pushing it, and you've got an incredible partner there. So this is going to be a lot of fun. We already saw some of the preseason games, and despite what we were joking around here, it came off pretty well. It's going to be great. We'll be out there. These are fantastic uh, broadcasters, and I'm. Uh, that's the best part is that I. It's a community. We are a community. I get to call you guys uh, colleagues all season, and we'll look out for each other. I can promise you that. Especially here in the business end, the business. Either, either you guys even slip up once. You're I'm on it. That clip. I'm sending that clip. <laughs> <laughs> Just keep dropping some names, Keith. It'll be all right. Keith Costigan, Mark Rogandino, you are out of the business end. I appreciate I hope we can do this again. This was a lot of fun, and I think we covered a lot of ground. We'll be back here with stoppage time as I'll talk about the American player in the Champions League. Where did they go? That's next. Stop.
Stage Time, and over the last two years in the group stages, we celebrated the plight of the American in the Champions League. Let's go back. Let's go back to 2020. The final, I believe it was in May, Chelsea Manchester City, two Americans in a Champions League final. How did this happen? Obviously, Zach Steffen was one of them. He was the backup goalkeeper, did not play. But on the flip side, Christian Pulisic played an important role and lifted the Champions League. Truly amazing. That set the table for 2020-21, where I believe, I'm sorry about, I don't have a crack research staff. I got to do this myself. 12 totals, 12 total players in last year's group stages. You had Tyler Adams, Leipzig, Serginho Dest, Barcelona, Gio Reyna, Dortmund, Chris Richards was at Bayern, didn't play, Owen Otisawi was at Bruges, Jordan Pifok, Young Boys, John Brooks, Wolfsburg. I believe I missed a couple names there, in addition to Pulisic and Zach Steffen. So that was the 2020-2021 champions, or 2021-2022 and then this year, the 2022-2023, there were 10 Americans. And remember, we had Josh Cohen at Maccabee Haifa. 10 Americans in the group stages. Now, in the knockout stages um, of last year, we we had several. Uh, we Remember, we had uh, Brendan Aronson at Red Bull Salzburg. You had a, a variety of guys making these breakthroughs, and it was extremely Exciting. This year, despite starting with 10 in the group stages, we are down to three. And really it's two. And really it's one and a half. And maybe it's less than that. We're going to mention Timmy Chandler. He plays at Eintracht Frankfurt. Um, Not really in the American plans whatsoever. Doesn't really play for Eintracht. Then you have Christian Pulisic on the Chelsea roster, but doesn't isn't healthy, although Chelsea are so bad. I can't believe how bad they are. They have to flick the switch, right? And maybe there is a chance for Christian Pulisic to come to the rescue. The way they are playing, he is going to play a role here if they can advance. Remember, they lost that first leg to Dortmund. They are in major peril. So you have Christian Pulisic hopefully making an appearance. And then you have Gio Reyna, who is our best prospect, However, remember he came on and scored those goals as a super sub. I think there was three goals. In the last week, that game against Chelsea and then over the weekend against Hertha, was on the bench, did not come off of it. I'm asking questions. Is he 100%? I don't think he is. Uh, Obviously, the players around him are playing incredibly. Uh, We mentioned Adeyemi is now out for three weeks. That should help, but that's not a a, a like-for-like switch. Uh, he's more competing with Julian Brandt for playing time. And Brandt has been fantastic. So you have three players, and really, I, I, let's keep Chandler out of the discussion because it muddies the water. Uh, it could uh, One of them will advance, I think. Uh, and how much will they play beyond it? But we're going to have one guy for the, the width and breadth of this World Cup, and hopefully he plays a significant, in the, in the Champions League, pardon me. Hopefully... Uh, he has some good memories, but this is a big drop off from what we experienced over the last two and a half years. And for our sport, we would always say, we've got to progress. We've got to keep moving in the right direction. And it's okay if we, we go flat or we go a little bit back, but we went way back. But I'm going to tell you, it's not a huge issue because we're getting great stories of Americans playing uh, in important spots. I think the first one is Leeds. Now, we had three Americans playing in the Champions League last year. You had Weston McKinney, you had Brendan Aronson, you had Tyler Adams for three different clubs. Now they're all with Leeds. You, uh, you have a lot of guys playing at clubs that are, you know, the Champions League is probably out of the reach. So the Champions League is the biggest soccer tournament, club soccer tournament there is. It's not everyone gets to play there. I think we are best suited to have guys like Taylor Booth playing at Utrecht where he's the guy. And we've had some Manchester United rumors around Taylor Booth. Pepe Groningen playing, Ricardo Pepe playing at Groningen. Um, They're in 17th place, but he's scoring goals. That's where he wants to be. Georgi Mihalovic with Alekmar, who are competing for Champions League spots. He doesn't play all the time. 
And then you have the flurry of players in the Bundesliga, Kevin Paredes at Wolfsburg, Joe Scali at Borussia Mönchengladbach. Uh, there's going to be a longer list of players coming there. You have players in Scotland. Remember, we had two, we had three Americans playing for Scottish clubs in the group stages in James Sands, Malik Tillman, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, that's a great spot. We saw Matthew Hoppy score a goal in Scotland. That's great. Um, it's a great place to test yourself. You don't have to go straight to uh, Manchester United or Barcelona to be a successful American player. We're still a baby. We're still a little baby in all of this. And, by the way, those Scottish teams, that wasn't fun. I mean, they Rangers and Celtic got eviscerated in the Champions League. So, albeit it was still good that they made it, the path in that didn't really leave a very good taste in their mouth. Uh, there is some good developments. You know, Eintracht Frankfurt, Paxton Aronson signed there. He's not going to play for them in the Champions League, but he's on the books there. That's a big club. Leipzig is in the Champions League knockouts. Caden Clark made the bench over the weekend. Maybe eventually he makes his headway. See, these are good places. These are good landing spots. You know, maybe Jordan Pifok goes to the Champions League with Union Berlin next season. Zach Steffen in the championship. Maybe he's the best candidate right now to be promoted to the Premier League. We have a bunch of Americans in the English championship, which is tremendous. It's a pathway to the Premier League. And that's a good league to really get your first European experience. But you have Stefan, you have uh, over at Luton Town. uh, Why is the name of the goalkeeper escaping me? Uh, We'll get back to that in a moment. I'm losing my notes here. Uh, We have Daryl DK also there playing at West Brom, although he's playing a little less, although still... Uh, Ethan Horvath at Luton Town. They're in fourth. You have Josh Sargent with Norwich in ninth. Austin Trusty further down at Birmingham City as well. And is it Dwayne Holmes? Did they get re- relegated? I should know this ahead of it. But guys in the lower divisions of English football, all tremendous. And the Premier League is where we really want to see these guys. Now, with all of that, what we have to be leery of is players getting relegated. And that is the concern right now. The three Leeds players. I think Leeds are going to get dropped. I just They just look like they don't have a plan. They shouldn't have fired Jesse Marsh. In the sense, maybe they shouldn't have hired Jesse Marsh. I get that. But they let Jesse Marsh have his January window. They let Jesse Marsh bring in Weston McKinney. And they parted ways with him without a real plan. They have these three guys that are out of their depths. They didn't have a plan. And now Leeds are probably going to pay the price. And what does that mean for those three players? They all go down? Maybe a couple of them. I don't think all three. So you have that. Yunus Musa and Valencia, he wouldn't go down with Valencia, but they're in major trouble. They lost again over the weekend to Getafe, or they lost on Monday. There's a lot of players uh, way too close to the relegation picture. Maybe, to a lesser degree, Luca Della Torre, although Celta are pretty... Uh, good standing. Hoffenheim has uh, John Brooks, who's gone over there. Uh, that's another concern. There's two, we can't have. It's okay for the EFL Championship because that was where they came in. They didn't get dropped down there, with the exception of Josh Sargent. Hopefully, we get. We're going to get one at best coming back up. Relegation is not a good development, and that is what we have to be concerned. Will there be a flurry of Americans back in the Champions League? I think we're going to have to sit and wait on that one. I just don't see where it works out. By the way, I I forgot to mention, Serginho Dest is with Milan. They're in the knockouts. He's not on the roster. He's not on the Champions League roster. So there's a lot of disappointing developments, but we'll be patient. This is going to be a roller coaster ride, all right? It's not going to go strength to strength to strength. We'll see where it goes. But there's so many positive signs in and about the U.S. player pool. By the way, Matt Turner will probably be in the Champions League. We'll be in the Champions League unless he goes on loan somewhere. Fulham. Fulham are four points out of the Champions League spots. Maybe. Maybe they can do it. The Soccer OG. Check out the podcast, our entire library of shows. We'll have tremendous guests every week. More great guests coming your way. Wherever you get your podcasts, that is where you'll find us. The Soccer OG on YouTube under my name, Max Bretos. New videos every week for your 
viewing pleasure. And check out everything on our social media handles. I did want to say I should have said this earlier. My friend Leland's going to kill me. The Soccer OG store is up and running. Go to the store right now. It's the slash OG slash shop zero, the number zero, dot myspreadshop.com. The slash OG slash shop zero dot myspreadshop.com. Get yourself a Soccer OG t-shirt. You're going to look really good at your next game day experience. That's all the time we have for this week. We'll be back again next time. Until then, Placido Domingo. Domingo.